355, 355 days in the making since our last podcast, but we are back. We are better than ever. It took a global pandemic to get <laughs> the big guy from Otsego, Michigan out of retirement and to come back to the All Around Game podcast. It's been a long time coming. Seth, we're back. Jared, uh, uh, I, the circumstances, it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but I'm honored to be back with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm flattered that you, you felt the need to count the days. and You must have missed I mean, it. I, well, I, know I, I saw, I went, I was cleaning out some files on my computer because yeah. to be honest with you, I'm bored. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm just sitting in the house and there's only so much Netflix that you can watch. Oh, yeah. And so I'm cleaning out my computer, cleaning out all the files, and I saw Final Pod April 24th on there as one of the files. And yeah. today is April 14th, so 24 minus 10 is 14. 365 minus 10 is 355. There's some math for my <laughs> finance major right there. Oh, that's what he, so what he does. A lot has happened uh, since our last podcast almost a year ago, most notably, uh, really the entire globe has been yeah. brought to a standstill with uh, this coronavirus or COVID-19. And I know you wanted to do the same, but just want to send thoughts and prayers out to everyone who's been affected by it. And uh, hopefully we can get through this as soon as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, you, very well said. Uh this is the tough times don't last tough people do that's what i keep kind of calling back to and uh you know we'll all get through it uh it's tough for everybody i just hope everybody's uh staying healthy and staying safe out there and make sure they're taking the necessary yeah. precautions and on a, on a little bit of a lighter note i know that we need this thing to end and end quickly because this is out of control this hair up top here <laughs> it's bad if, there's, if you were there's no end in sight <laughs> yeah yeah you see everybody i mean the slicked hair is you've not, got it slicked not, a little bit i'm just letting it look. ride i'm just letting it ride i, I uh, pardon my seinfeld reference but i'm thinking of frank costanza when he says this guy is not my kind of guy and i'm thinking that about my haircut <laughs> so i'm just looking over some of the topics that uh that we have prepared for today but first we had we had talked about this this has been in the works for about a week now when we first brought up the idea of bringing this podcast back and i think the biggest thing that we want to get out of it is you know that we want to give, at least for me, I want to give some sort of new content, something for people out there because there's not a lot going on right now. And there's actually a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. There's not, you know, we've got a pretty loaded show today. And uh, oh yeah, as, as you like to say back in our heyday, got to give the people what they want. We were, when we would talk <laughs> about segments and <laughs> I'd say, let's talk about some baseball. And you'd say, no, no, no baseball. Let's, let's give the people what they want. Let's talk hoops. <laughs> let's talk football. So, meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. Come on. There you go. There you go. So I think one of the biggest things that has happened since our last podcast was the greatest quarterback of all time is now no longer a New England Patriot. And if you would have told me that a year ago, I probably would have laughed at you. But Tom Brady's oh, yeah. now in Tampa Bay, two-year deal. 
and just wanted to get your thoughts on that and the Buccaneers playoff chances, their Super Bowl outlook. Uh, what was your initial reaction? Yeah, I wasn't surprised that he left necessarily. I, uh, yeah, I was pretty sure, pretty confident that he was going to leave the Patriots after a lot of the reports that came out. Uh, was pretty surprised where he decided to go to. Uh, I, yeah. I told you along, I thought it was going to be the Titans he was going to go to. I thought that was the mm-hmm. best fit for him. They were made it to the AFC Championship game, um, but decided to go to the Bucks. I How I think it's going to turn out for him, probably I think he's good for two wins. You know, there were seven and nine last year. I think they'll go nine and seven. Uh, the Saints are still the cream of the crop in that division. Uh, the Falcons are always – they're going to Falcon, you know, they're going to be inconsistent. Yeah. They'll make a run, you know, they'll do whatever they, they'll do what they do. Um, and then the Panthers are kind of a mess right now. You see Christian yeah. McCaffrey's new deal today. That's, Christian McCaffrey, that's new deal. Um, your fantasy no, guy. Yeah. Yeah. My, the only <laughs> guy on my team last year that produced yeah. the only guy as you, yeah. I think, I think you took second place. Is that right? I didn't even make the playoffs yeah. first, first yeah. year since I've done fantasy football that I haven't made the playoffs. And yeah. I think you're Quite. still a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I am. But you're, you, I mean, I'd rather win it than be in the playoffs <laughs> every year. So what, what do you think? what do you think about Brady? Well, I tend to agree with you. I think he's worth a couple wins because of Jameis's turnover issues last year. He led the league in interceptions with 30. Right. Um, but there are holes on that Tampa Bay roster. You know, they were 28th in, in rushing yards per attempt last year. Um, Jameis was sacked 47 times last year, fifth most in the league. And right. you look at that defense, they ranked 30th against the pass. And now they were they were number one against the run, which is good. But you and I both know that this is a passing league. And yep. you look at what Brady is coming from. And he's coming from a place in New England where New England only allowed 25 or more points in three games last year. Tampa Bay allowed 25 or more points in 16 games last year. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, 12 of 16 games last year. I got ahead of myself. 12 of 16 16. games last year. 12 of 16. Still still a high number. But, I mean, you look at Brady knowing that he only has to put up probably 20 points and you're feeling good about a win right versus now you've got to score 30 and that that's a whole different burden but he's got the best wide receiver duo in football and he's got a real talented tight end in OJ Howard so we'll see what happens but for for people saying uh that Tampa is going to become the first team to play a home game in the Super Bowl because I think they host next year yeah I'm not buying that no, that's that's that would be a huge accomplishment to make it a Super Bowl next year. They got to find some semblance of a running game. Um, yeah, I have no doubt that they'll be prepared and ready to go. You know, Bruce Arians is a good coach, but I, I I don't I don't see them making a playoff run next year. I just I don't see it. I mean, I could I could see them getting a wild card, but then you look at the other divisions, and I think we'll get into this a little bit later. The NFC right. West is loaded. The NFC yeah. North has has three teams that have their sights set on the playoffs this year. The NFC South has three teams that have their sights set on the playoffs this year. I know I saw that little look. The Lions don't have their <laughs> sights set on the playoffs this year. <laughs> yeah. 
No, um, yeah, you're you're exactly right though. There's there's the NFC is easily the more deep conference, and uh, and I know that I know that we talked about uh, we've talked about this before, but Bruce Arians, his style of offense is deep drop, hold the ball, push it downfield. That's that's one of the reasons why Jameis led the league in passing yards last year. Yeah. Right. Tom Brady can't do that because he is 43 years old and he is not exactly mobile, right. which means he's going to be taking a lot of hits. And you wonder at 43, if he's getting hit consistently, what's going to happen there? I'm not saying injury, but maybe a little bit more banged up come, come December, January. Something very well could be. And something's going to have to, to give, you know, so to speak. Or they're going to have to meet in the middle. We'll do a little bit of both, but either Arians is going to have to adjust his system or Tom's going to have to reinvent his style, I guess, which I don't see happening. So I think yeah, Arians is going to have to kind of adjust his system, but we'll see. For sure. They'll be, For sure. They'll be right. They'll have something in place. I know. Yeah. Well, the one question that I've seen all over social media and some of the the ESPN shows that I've been watching is, you know, who has more to prove um, Brady or Belichick. And for me, I think it's Bill Belichick. He never, he's never won a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. And I think he has more to prove just because he seems to be the one that ran Brady out of town. He tried to trade him to bring in Garoppolo. And from, from all the reports, he didn't make that much of an effort to keep Tom around. Uh, this offseason I think Bill Belichick wants to prove that he can do it without Tom Brady and because me personally I believe it was his decision to move to move on and kind of end this relationship I think he has more to prove than Brady interesting interesting that's I see I, I view it the exact opposite I, I think Brady has more not, to prove not a surprise there <laughs> because, well, but I think he he's trying to spin it that it was all his decision that the Patriots, at least what I've read, is that when it's his interview with uh, Howard Stern, I think, whatever I uh, that, that gets yep. his name, yep. that he's, he's, it was his decision. You know, I, I mean, I, get, I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of you know, Belichick wanted to move on. But mm-hmm. I think Brady's trying to spin it as it was totally his decision. They just want a new chapter. So I think with the narrative he's trying to kind of take over, I, would, I think the pressure's more on Brady. He's he was carried to his first three championships, in my opinion, and then he's 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 always been a, a product of the of the Patriot way. So I, I, you know, and you know me and Brady, but I I just think Brady's got got a little bit more on his plate. You know, year. come to think of it, it could be that both of them are ready to move on. Uh, you know how it goes. You know how you're watching a movie or or a or a sitcom, and and a guy gets dumped, and 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 his buddy asks, you know, like. Oh, did you break up with her? No, no, it was mutual. It was mutual. Right. You know, everyone right. says it was mutual, right? Nobody it's wants never, to admit that they never. got dumped. <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's a, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that going on of, of both sides are trying to, no, it was me. It was me. It, That's it was, a very keen observation, Mr. Trini. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Very, yeah. Not that I'm speaking from experience or anything. No. I'm just saying. No. no, you're very no, very lucky man for you. No, that's that's good stuff. I I, I hear uh, you. I want to segue a little bit, and we we touched on this a little bit earlier, to the NFC South and and that division. And the first question I want to ask 
and I'm interested to see your opinion on this. I've asked a couple of my buddies, um, who would you rather have this year, Tom Brady or Drew Brees? And I've, I've got yeah. mixed results, and I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, I'd rather have Brees. Uh, probably not too surprising for after the last segment we just did. <laughs> uh, but I really think Brady's kind of gone over the edge, especially watching last year. He just doesn't look the same. Uh, you know, 24 touchdowns, eight picks, 60% completion last year. Brees played five less games. He had the injury. Yeah. Uh, 27 touchdowns, four interceptions, completed 74% of his passes. Read, so read I, me those first sets of stats again. You, Brady, I, I got breezes. Brady yeah, 24, threw, 24 yeah. touchdowns to eight picks and 60% yeah. of his passes. I've got, I've got those stats written down there too. Yeah, so I, I just think that Breeze has got a little bit more giddy-up left in him, a little yeah. bit more mojo, so I would take Breeze. I – you know, I think those stats hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's all right there. In 11 games, Breeze threw three more touchdowns than Brady did in 16. Yeah. Um, now, you, you could argue that Breeze had Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and right. Sean Payton. But just from the eye test alone, I, I liked yeah. what I saw from Breeze last year. And it's more so I didn't like what I saw from Tom Brady. The That's last the bigger, pass yeah. Tom Brady ever threw was a pick six in, in, a, in a Patriots uniform. Yeah. They have a game at home against the Miami Dolphins week 17, win and you get a bye. Yep. And Ryan Fitzpatrick outplays him. And I thank the heavens every day that Ryan Fitzpatrick did because my Chiefs yeah. got a bye. <laughs> and then my yeah. Chiefs got to the Super Bowl. Um, right. and, and ended up winning it, which I will gloat about at the end of the podcast. Well-deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Well-deserved. Um, I, I, I think we're in agreement. I think, I think Breeze is, is your guy if you're, if you're going to pick one uh, for this year. Real quick before we move on to the draft, NFC West, is that the best division in football? Because I think it is. Oh, absolutely. You got the Niners, the Seahawks. Yeah, easily. It rams, so for sure. Niners, Seahawks. Rams and don't forget the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray, yeah. your guy, and, just and traded newly, for DeAndre Hopkins, new, who newly acquired. Yeah, for my money, is the best wide receiver in football. If I'm picking one guy, I would I would pick him. It'd be between him and Mike Thomas, but I'd go with him. Uh, that division's going to be a gauntlet this year. Yeah, I won't argue. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. So the NFL draft is coming up here in a few days. And yes. mock drafts are flying everywhere and, and hot takes are, are coming out everywhere and they're going to do it virtually, which I think is, is going to be really interesting to say the least. Oh, yeah. um, and I, the, the question of the draft is where is Tua Tagovailoa going to end up and at what pick will he be selected at? Yep. I know I have my thoughts. Let's hear yours. Yeah, that's that's the million dollar question this year is 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 where's Tua gonna go? <sighs> I've kind of been going back and forth on this a little bit. Everybody's concerned about his his hip, which is is definitely fair. Uh, personally, I think he's gonna go number three. I think uh, the Lions are gonna trade out of that pick. Fortunately, I, I this I, this is more <laughs> this is a hope and what I actually think is kind of wrapped up in one. I think I think the Chargers are going to move up and take take him and uh, the third with the third pick. 
Um, the Dolphins, they, they've been linked to Tua forever. You know, you've been, you've reminded me tank for Tua, you know, since last year. <laughs> yes. But yes. it's, I think it's going to be the Chargers. I really do. I, I tend to, I tend to think he's going to go at five. Now, at what team he goes to, I'm not sure because I think Miami might try and jump up and get Burrow at one. I've heard that they like Burrow a lot from some of the stuff mm. I've read. Um, I think Burrow, they have more pieces around, and we'll get into Burrow here in a minute. Um, yeah. But I see, I see Tua going at five. But if he doesn't go at five, I agree. I think he goes at three. I think someone trades up with the Lions and gets him. Right. And I just think that that team is going to be the the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said the San Diego Chargers. When we talked <laughs> earlier, when we talked earlier today, I wasn't so sure that he was going to go to the Chargers. But yeah. the more I thought about it, that roster is is a very good roster. They are. Taylor made for the playoffs. Phillip Rivers just dropped off last year, and they battled yep. some injuries. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I really hope that Miami holds firm at five and L.A. does not trade up and maybe goes after Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. Right. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Chargers are going to look at their roster, and they're going to look at Pat Mahomes, and they're going to say, we need some firepower if we're going to compete. And yep. they're going to look at Baltimore, too, in the AFC with Lamar Jackson. So I think that I, I tend to agree with you. I think the Chargers are going to trade up, but if they don't, I don't see them getting past five to Miami. Gotcha. And they need the Chargers need some fresh blood. Philip Rivers has been there forever. Uh, new stadium, right? The yep. new stadium. Yep. So it, it would just make sense to me. It would make sense for them to get to a. Um, as a Chiefs fan, L.A. Chargers. Do not do it, please. Because if this dude, if this dude is healthy, he is extremely, extremely talented. He's big time. He's big time. So um, we talked about Joe Burrow a little bit, um, and I just want to get your thoughts here as I look as I look at my notes. Um, yeah. He, everyone has him projected at, at number one to Cincinnati. Yep. I don't think he's going to be very successful in Cincinnati in year one. <laughs> Or in year yeah. two, I have my reasons, and it's not because of Joe Burrow. Yeah. What do you think? No, we're gonna we're gonna agree on this. Uh, Joe Burrow's a heck of a player. Um, I guess it just depends on what what you your definition is for success, right? My definition of success and Cincinnati's definition of success is probably a little bit different. You know, I, I think yeah. uh, for for me, it's championships. Coming from a Lions fan, that's a little funny, but. <laughs> Cincinnati, they, they've been a mediocre at best. That's being nice, you know, the past 10 years. Um, you know, they've made the playoffs. We talked about this before. They, have, they didn't win a game. So, mm -hmm. I, I, I think and he's going to have success in terms of putting up some numbers, you know, maybe yeah. it, a lot of yards and some touchdowns, but I don't think team success comes very soon at all. We're we're agreeing a lot today, and it's a little frightening that that we are we on the same page with so much of this stuff. Much. But I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Of I don't think the Cincinnati team and number has a success definition like most NFL franchises. I don't see Joe Burrow being an Eli Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. He's the savior, and he's going to immediately, no matter how bad the rest of the roster is, 
get them to playoff contention. Right. Joe Burrow proved his, his first year at LSU, very pedestrian, right? Middle yep. of the road, solid SEC quarterback, but nothing major. Then yep. he gets more weapons. He gets an NFL system around him, and he flourishes. Right. But he's going to go to Cincinnati where he has good weapons if they can stay healthy. A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Joe Mixon. There are some good weapons there. Yep. But their offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, was ranked 30th in the league last year. Right. For a rookie quarterback, that's not good. Their defense was near the bottom. I think I want to say it was 28th in total defense. I can't exactly remember what it was. It wasn't yep. good. And Joe Burrow, I just don't think is that Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck type of guy to where he can just immediately turn the franchise around at the snap of a finger. But let me ask you this. And back in our glory days of the podcast, Andy Dalton, a.k.a. the Red Rocket, was one of your guys. Is yeah. Joe Burrow right now <laughs> Is Joe Burrow right now better than Andy Dalton? Because Andy Dalton with this Bengals team last year started off oh and whatever, then got benched. Yeah. Then came back and I don't even know what their record was. I know they ended up two and fourteen. That ain't good. Yeah. He played so a little bit is, better. Is Joe Burrow better than Andy Dalton? Because if he if you don't think he's unequivocally better than Andy Dalton, then how can you expect him to be successful with that Bengals team? That's a great question. I I don't the thing with Burrow is, is he's got the talent, he's got the arm, he's got the IQ, but he had so many – he had the perfect system around him. Yeah. People don't give enough credit to the offensive line and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their running back. Yep. They, and the, all the weapons they had around – Joe Brady. Yeah. Who's I, now I just, with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and you had uh, Randy Moss's son. That's another yep. weapon he had. Yep. I mean – to be honest with you, right now, no, I, I can't say that he is. because no, I don't think you Andy, can. Andy played – he came back and played a lot better. Um, and now, I will say this. Joe Burrow's got – you know, he's 23 years old. He's older. So, he's, yeah. been around, he's been around a little bit more. He's seen a little bit more. But he hasn't played an NFL snap. And I don't think Andy Dalton's a great quarterback by any stretch. In fact, I think he's bottom third of the league as far as quarterbacks go. Yeah. But he's experienced, yeah. and with a roster around him, he went to the playoffs. Right. I don't know. I think it'd be irresponsible to immediately deem Joe Burrow as unequivocally, positively better than Andy Dalton to where I think the Bengals – I don't think Joe Burrow's worth five, six wins. Maybe he's worth right. two, like, kind of like Tom Brady, but I just don't see it. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. But they can't – I don't think Cincinnati can keep Andy Dalton they got to ship him out. And if you want to bring in a, a veteran. Is he kinda... a free agent? Uh, I can't I remember. They'd have to trade him. I think they'd have to okay. trade him. Okay. We'll have to but... look that up and see if he's a free oh, Yeah, there's no way they're keeping – if he's not a free agent, it's right. only they a matter of time before he gets cut or if he gets traded. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent, though. So, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Um, finally, I know this topic is very important to you. This is the last thing we'll talk about the draft. We don't have to talk about the Chiefs draft needs, really, because we're, we're coming off a Super Bowl win, and we're returning 20 of our 22 starters. And our quarterback <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is the best Must be nice. Must be nice up there. <laughs> How's the view from up there? Must be man, nice. Man, it's pretty good. I can't lie. But uh, yeah. I got to ask about your Detroit Lions. You're the Lions guy. 
I have my opinions on them, but I'm going to defer to you first. What would you like yeah. to see the Lions do in the 2020 NFL draft? Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, uh, I'd love for them to trade back. You know, they, they don't need – you know, the, I don't know if this virtual thing helps them or not. I feel like if it, if it was an in-person draft, it would help their chances of being able to move back better and trade that, that pick. Um, ideally, I'd love for them to swap with the Chargers and get that sixth pick. I think they're either they're going to draft an Ohio State defensive player. Um, if for some reason Chase Young falls to them at three, that's your dream no scenario brain. right there. Yeah. yeah. If somehow you know Washington takes two or they trade out, which I don't think they will, um, they get Chase Young, or they're going to get Jeff Okuda. If they have to take him at three, fine. You know, but we need a cornerback after Darius Slay is leaving uh, yeah. or getting traded. We need a cornerback. Ideally, we trade back. Um, we pick up Okuda at six because I think he'll be there with Miami needing a quarterback. The Giants, I hope, will take uh, Simmons from LSU – or, sorry, Clemson. Yeah. Um, and then, hopefully, I talked – we talked uh, – or I, I might have been somebody else, but if they acquire, like, a second or third-round pick this year with the, from the Chargers for swapping that, I'd love to see them target a wide receiver. And I'll throw you okay. – I'll throw you out a name that I think – not a lot of people know this. I don't know if you – I'm sure you do because you're just a wizard of information. <laughs> Here you, we go. <laughs> out of Texas, out of Texas, Devin Duvernay, wide receiver. Okay. This, this guy's good. This guy, I watched him against LSU and in their bowl game. I forget who they played, but he reminds me of Golden Tate. Um, okay. Just with his build, he's strong, he's fast. Um, doesn't have great measurables with like wingspan and, and height, but the, the Duke can ball. I'd love to see them pick up like maybe a Devin Duvernay in the third round. Yeah. What do you um, think? So, yeah, you're, give me, what do you, give me, <laughs> give me the good news. Give me the, well, my initial thought process was, uh, I'd take Isaiah Simmons at three. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's all over the field. I think he yeah. can stop the run and play in coverage. I mean, I think Isaiah Simmons would be a home run. However, as I, as I dug into it a little bit more, um, the Lions were dead last against the pass last year. That's with an all-pro corner in Darius Slay. Yeah. They were 20th against the run, which is not good, but it's better than, what, 11, 12 other teams? Right. So then I, that kind of got me more towards your school of thought, which is, either take Akuda at three or trade back with the Chargers and take him at six and acquire picks. This is where I disagree right. with you. The wide receiver from Texas that, that you just mentioned, I already forgot his name. Devin Duvernay. <laughs> Devin Duvernay. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt that he's a super talented guy. The yeah. Lions issues are not offensively. The, the reason the Lions struggled offensively last year was because Matthew Stafford got hurt, not for a lack of yeah. weapons. They've got carry-on. They've got Kenny Galladay. They've got Marvin Jones Jr. They've got TJ Hawkinson. And they've got a formidable <laughs> offensive line. Their yeah. defense was atrocious last year, and Matt Patricia is known as a defensive coach. If you trade back, get as many defensive pieces as you possibly can because that defense yeah. can only go up from here. I'd no, get I'd... that fixed before I worry about the offense. Take take a flyer on a wide out in the fourth round. 
but that's what I would do. You obviously yeah. watch the Lions a lot closer than I do. You know, maybe yeah. maybe they need no, kind of a you. slot guy like Golden Tate and that. But that that's just kind of what I would do. They have so many holes. I mean, it, it's it's you got a hundred <laughs> holes and I got ten fingers. You know, and I'm pointing and another one bursts out. So I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, let's let's put you out of your misery and talk about something that'll that'll bring you a little bit more joy. Please. This Please. past weekend, and I know because we were in contact frequently, yep. the Masters Rewind was being played on ESPN and CBS and the Golf Channel. Yep. And it it was really great to watch, and it made me really sad at the same time. I think you sent out a tweet. I tweeted it. To yeah. that <laughs> something to that degree, so I won't I won't steal your credit there. Oh, you're good. Um, but that was just, it was great to watch it. It gave you something to watch, um, yeah. besides an NBA horse competition or two NBA players playing 2k, which we won't get into. Well, I'll get into that at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, I got to think it because I, <laughs> excuse me, I watched the 04 masters rewind Yep. and I watched the 05. 04 obviously was Phil's Masters win, the jump in the air. Yep. And 05 was obviously Tiger's win with the chip on either 15 or 16. I can't remember. 16. 16, yep. uh, where it sat on the lip right there and then dropped in for Tiger's fourth green jacket. Which one to you was better? Oh. I think this is where so we're I, finally going to disagree. It, it, if I know you, yeah, like I think yeah, I know you. It is. <laughs> we we are. Um, it's it's O four and it's Phil, and I, there's a few reasons. Um, number one, uh, it's it was a better quality uh, of golf tournament in terms of better play. Um, you had Phil obviously shot a thirty one on the back, played really strong and finished. Ernie Els is playing great. KJ Choi. Um, Chris DeMarco was in that final group pairing, but, you know, struggled um, on Sunday. But, you know, Phil shot a 31 on the back and just had a flurry of birdies there to finish. Ernie was, um, you know, playing really great, the big easy. Uh, Got to love that guy. Um, and then, so not only better quality of golf, but you said it there, you know, doing the, the intro there. Tiger had already won three Masters before. <laughs> Phil, that was Phil's first green jacket. And how he did it with a putt on 18, he played it six inches out to the left. It barely snuck in the left, left side of the cup. And his grandfather had passed two and a half months before. And he said, and Oh, you're going to throw that on me? Come Phil, on, Phil, man. How Phil, can I argue I, uh, against it now? <laughs> Phil, uh, exactly. Phil said, I don't, you probably saw it, that, his grandfather said, this is the year you're going to win the Masters. And Phil said when he jumped up, all we could think about was his grandfather pushed that putt in for him. I mean, that's just gives me chills, You're going to make me tear up right here. It gives me, it gives me chills. So, better How golf can I... and the story. And right. Tiger already won three. Go ahead. All right. I'm not going to even try and, and argue the – because you brought out the, the grandfather passing card and <laughs> – and I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel like oh, a jerk. Oh, I'm gonna feel like a jerk if I argue against that. So I'm gonna pretend like you didn't say that. Yeah, you got. It. And I'm, I'm gonna pretend like, like the Zoom meeting that we're on right now just, just cut you off <laughs> right after you said that Tiger had already won three. Here's why I think 05 was better. Number one, I think it gave us the single most defining moment in golf 
until last year's Masters of 2019. When that putt is sitting there on the lip for I, I don't know how long it was, and you're the sitting chip, there in the suspense. Chip. The chip, yeah. sorry, the yeah. chip. And you're sitting there, and you're, is it is it going to drop? Is it going to drop? And yeah. it does, and the roar, and the fist pump, and the high five. It yeah. was movie-like. But then Tiger bogeys the next two holes. Right. And so as a viewer, and, and as crazy as it sounds, I actually remember watching this as a little kid. And yeah. I remember my dad just, what? what is happening? Like tiger did not like when that chip went in vintage tiger was all right, this is over. Like he's, he's going to bring it home. He goes bogey, bogey. Tiger doesn't do that. And so then because he does that, you get free golf, which is another reason why 05 is better. We get bonus golf. It's just, it's just like some (laughs) of the best basketball games of all time are those overtime games because you get free, you get free hoops. Right. And then for right. Tiger to birdie the first playoff hole and the, the roar and, the, you know, the, the, the vintage Tiger fist pump, yeah. maybe call me biased, but – and maybe it was because I was a little kid watching it and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't watching Phil's probably in 04. Yeah. For me, that one's just the best because of those iconic moments, the crowd yeah. reaction. Now, the reaction to Phil's on 18, I know you'll probably hit back with that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But – Tiger was at that time, you know, he was at the, at the top of, of his game. And for a minute there, you thought he was vulnerable when he went bogey bogey. And it was, it was just great theater. Yep. No, a hundred percent. Both. I mean, shoot. Both fantastic. They're they're both top five masters of all time. So. But you um, bringing out the grandfather passing card is just unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Typical. It's typical, man. It's typical. You just leave me here. I can't even. So I, I took the Tiger argument, but I'm going to withdraw it now that I've made my points because I was actually unaware of, the, of that detail about, about – Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that till right now when you just said that. Yeah. No, so I, that's – I must have yeah. – did you see that on the rewind? Because I must have turned the TV off yeah. or went out of the room or something. So I didn't see that. It was, it was right after – he was talking to Jim Nance about the – on the 18th, the putt, and that's what he was oh, saying. Okay. So okay. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Um, just kind of, I know we already talked about this a little bit, but obviously the 2019 Masters Rewind was on Sunday. And for me, it was the best Masters ever, in my opinion. What do you think? No, we, that, that's, it's not even close. I mean, you, you have no argument to, <laughs> and you call you and Reed called it. I mean, yeah, we did. It. We did. I think we got to gloat about that last year. Though. I think oh, I already got my, you did. About that. you did. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> but we did call it. Shout out Reed, it. man. We called it. And it was, it was, obviously it's well done. The whole tiger story. I mean, obviously, but, um, the thing for me that puts it over the top was just the amount of great players that were on that leaderboard and all making runs too. And everybody yeah. was playing good for the most part besides Molinari. Right. And yeah. Finau struggled yeah. a little bit, but, but he got it going a little bit towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. But you had, you had Brooksy, you had Shoffley, you had Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, all those guys you know, making runs. Yeah. Impressive. It was a, uh, you know, in that back nine, the leaderboard was getting shuffled like a deck of cards. Every time you looked, 
there was a new there was someone new at the top of that leaderboard and yeah you know tiger tiger would have it at, at one i think he had it briefly maybe a tie for it after 12 yep. and then and, and, can't and wait. so and one of the things that stuck out to me about that tournament was brooksy goes in the water on 12 and and then Molinari goes in the water on 12 and Finau goes in the water on 12 and Tiger puts it on the green. Yep. But right as Tiger leaves his lag putt about eight or nine feet short. Yeah. Yeah. Brooksy's eagling 13. Yep. To essentially wash the double bogey that just happened. He goes double bogey, gets it right back with an eagle <laughs> and Tiger's yep. sitting here with an eight foot putt. And if he three putts, it's like, it's like Brooksy's going in the water never happened. And just the pure drum. And then yep. Patrick Cantley's playing well. And then he falls off and then DJ makes a run late. And yep. Jason day makes a run late. It was just unbelievable. And then what did it for me was again, the 16th hole when Tiger yeah. hits that, when Tiger hits that tee shot and it's, and it's trickling back as, as he called it, there's a nice little backboard up there for the ball to come back on. Yep. And it's, and it's trickling down towards the hole and he's leaning forward watching it. And there's Michael Phelps yeah, Michael right Phelps. behind him I do watching your, yep. it just as intently. That was so cool for, for me to see that. And then obviously the, the moment afterwards with his son and, and his mother was just, if it, if it didn't bring a tear to your eye, then you either don't have a soul or you didn't understand the significance because it was just yeah. amazing. Great. Yeah. Well said. And the, the, the thing too, um, for watching that rewind is when you watched it live, you're like, okay, this is anybody's masters. Right. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when you rewatch it and you're, and you really, you hear him kind of talk through what he was going through. I don't think it was ever in doubt. If I'm being honest with you, like, it's just like, it just, I just don't think it was. Uh, Cause you know, Brooks didn't play well all day. You know, he, his yep. putter was off um, yep. and Tiger, Tiger was just letting him kind of, he was just picking them off one by one. And he knew he they were going to letting them all drop off. Yeah, and and he, he wasn't making experience. any mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. He knew how to play the golf course and it was the, awesome. The first moment that I thought he might be able to do this. And, it, and it's a weird moment, and I don't know why it was, but it was his lag putt on nine when he's up at the top of the ridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And puts it within a foot. And that, that was at, what, a 40, 50-foot putt? I mean, uh, it was, At least. At least. It was, and, and down two ridges. I mean, he hit he just, it in the fringe. He hit it, he hit it in the, the fringe, fringe fast as all get out, and he puts it within a foot. I saw that, and I thought to myself – he might be able to do this because, because if that's any other golfer out there, that's a three putt. Yep. And, and so that was kind of the moment for me. People don't understand how hard that, like that lag mm -hmm. putt was one of the best putts I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, yeah, I were, man, that just gets me every single time. It was just incredible to watch. Incredible to watch. Yeah. It, it really was. And it's, I, I tweeted out, um, thanks to the coronavirus, we didn't get to see him put on green jacket number six on Easter Sunday, which is, which is not okay. It's, it's really not okay. Now we have to wait till November to see him put on his sixth green jacket. Yeah, so. that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, exciting. <laughs> It'll be weird. Um, Fo football and, and golf at the same time. 
I'll tell you what, the sports world come fall and, and winter, as long as everything goes according to plan and they're, and they're able to play. Now, there might not be fans, but for, for people like myself complaining about lack of sports, oh. that's not going to be happening come, come November and, Shoot. and December. I'll be watching everything. I don't care what everything. it is. Bowling, <laughs> uh, spike ball, just give me it. Give me it. So I want to transition to the sport that me and you played uh, for 20-some-odd years. I am, of course, now retired, obviously. Yes, yes. I've joined yes. you in that retirement life. Um, Wonderful I career. Think, hey, <laughs> hold on. I want to I I uh, gloat about my guy a little bit. Two game winners this year. Uh, saw right. one of them live against NIU. Why leave the right. man open? Corner. <laughs> uh, a little help yeah. off the strong side there, yeah. And a zone. Heck of a year. <laughs> heck of a year. Uh, real proud Appreciate of you. It. Yeah, join the club. Do yes. you uh, do you want to tell the story of, of you and my dad? Of oh, that of course. Second game winner. How could I forget? <laughs> yeah, so got the opportunity to sit next to Jared's dad. Shout out, Industries. But uh, – so he was calling the entire game. He said, well, I don't even remember what the details were, but he would call well, we, something. We half. were up 18 in the second half. And, and, and we you were up. Eight, and he said, well, you know, they, they might be able to, they might let them back in. And they, you guys let them back in. <laughs> and I was like, why you, everything you're saying is becoming the truth. So just predict <laughs> the ending the way you want it to happen. And it'll happen. He's like, okay, well, Jared's going to hit a game winner. A game uh, winning three in the corner. Sure as crap, you had a game game winner in the corner. It's exactly he, what happened. And he is just—he was prouder than I mean. That's a proud dad right there. It was awesome. It was that's, awesome. You know, when you first told me that story, I I didn't believe it, and I confirmed it with him. And I yep. think I confirmed it with some of the people who you guys were sitting next to. I can't remember who it was at this time, but yep. He yep. he did call it. He said that he said that that was going to happen. So that was you can't that make that cool. you can't make it up. No. <laughs> so but so great year. For I, you, I've joined you, I've joined you in this retirement life, and and I've I feel like I've I've put on a few lbs. Uh, the workouts have gone down in intensity. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, uh My retirement basically coincided with the suspension of all basketball. I mean, yeah. So. Uh, I remember it clear as day. Um, our season ended at Toledo on Monday, March 9th. Yep. And um, there were still basketball on Tuesday, March 10th, but it was just, you know, conference tournaments were just beginning. Yep. And by Wednesday night, March 11th, um, Rudy Gobert had tested positive and everything was just shut down, done. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. I don't know if there's going to be an NBA season um, returning. I, I just don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think the NBA will return to action? I think it will. I don't know if it's going to be the whole length of remaining games for the regular well, season. I don't I, think it can be. I think they're going to have to shorten it significantly. I have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, I sure hope it does. I really do. Um, mm -hmm. What do you, what do you think? Well, I've heard that they're looking at a, a about a 28 or so day window in back to basketball where those first 14 days, those first two weeks, um, guys are back in the facility. They're doing individual workouts. They're still practicing social distancing. Um, you know, they're using the 
those, uh, those guns that rebound the ball and then pass it back to you and stuff like that um, with coaches putting you through stuff six feet away and going through, you know, physicals and testing and making sure everyone's healthy, healthy right. enough to play five on five. Um, and then I heard, um, I think I was watching ESPN. I think it was Brian Windhorst who said this. Um, then I heard that they were after those 14 days and they were cleared for five on five, a two week training camp. And then, and then, you know, back to hoops after that, I say, give them five, six games to get back in a rhythm. And then, and then let's get the playoffs going. Um, that would be what would, what I would say, um, because right. truth be told, you know, these teams like uh, both of our teams now, since Kevin Durant has also left since the last podcast has come out, my <laughs> Warriors and, and then Steph and Clay are hurt. My Warriors are now the worst team in the league. They'll but, be fine. Know, teams, teams like them, your Pistons, the Atlanta Hawks, you don't need to, you don't need to bring them back. Yeah. You know, I would, I would bring back the top, t- every team that's, that could make the playoffs with those five games. Right. Um, I don't, I don't know the specifics of how you would do it, but you know, let them play five games, figure out those eight seeds. Um, and then, and then let's get to the playoffs. Let's get to some meaningful basketball and let's do it in a centralized location. Let's have it in Las Vegas. And if there doesn't, if, if they can't have fans, let's not have fans. Just get, just give the basketball fans something. Right. I'd be all for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, well, give the Pistons the rest of the year off, please. Black <laughs> and the Warriors, too. Stephen, if Stephen Clay get anywhere or Draymond get anywhere as a Warriors fan, if oh, they get anywhere near – Okay, Draymond can be on the court. Okay, if Steph and Clay get any, <laughs> Steph and Clay get anywhere near the bat, and you know what, Draymond too, because he's an important part to what they do. If they get anywhere near the basketball court, I'm going to be very upset. Let them rest. Start it, yeah. and I think this will bring back a, a, a permanent change to the calendar. You know, I think the NBA is looking at a start date of around Christmas and a finishing date around August, so that they can go right up to. Um, college and NFL football starting. Um, right. But I wanted to ask you if they do return, who does that, who does that benefit? Who has anyone benefited from this time off? I don't know if anybody's necessarily benefited. Uh, probably the guys that needed the rest, obviously that that's the obvious answer. I think the, the more, the thing that kind of weighs on me more is, who would have the most to gain, right? Or the most to lose, I guess is the better. Yeah. Who is the most to lose by not coming back? Um, and that, to me, is LeBron James. You know, he's yeah. he's still chasing Michael, but he's not. Uh, you know, <laughs> had, had, a, had a decent shot, you know, with, with Anthony Davis and a lot of help on that Lakers team to win a title this year. Um, and his window's closing. You know, we yeah. talked about this a little bit. There's a lot, the Bucks are really close. Mm-hmm. Your Warriors are going to be back next year. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you got the Nuggets and you got the Clippers. Yeah. How can I forget yeah. my Clippers? Yeah. Um, we'll be back and, and better than ever. Uh, and, and they're kind of, they're, they were just kind of starting to click a little bit. Um, so I think it's LeBron and the Lakers that have the most to lose. Everybody's yeah. going to benefit by coming back, in my opinion. Right, right. I, I would agree with that. Um, I think also some of the guys who benefit, and this is going to sound terrible, but are the guys who can work out at home. I heard Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. say that he hasn't touched a basketball since their last game or practice or whatever, because yeah. he doesn't have he doesn't have a, a gym in his 
in his home a, a, a court or somewhere where he can go, like that he has access to. All the facilities are shut down. Yeah. So you look at guys like you know, I would I would have to imagine LeBron James has a has a gym in his home. Right. Um, I'd have to imagine guys like James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, guys who have made all this money because they've been in the league for a while. Right. Would have resources to be able to still have a basketball in their hand because you and I both know you take a week without touching a basketball, you come back and it feels like you haven't played in a year. I mean, my jump shot would just be four it would days. take about <laughs> it take about four or five days for it to start yeah. feeling good again, and that would only be a week. Yeah. And so you know, I, I I think about that, but I agree with you. LeBron James was playing terrific basketball. Yeah. Before this stoppage, he had he had taken down Kawhi and PG and the Clippers. I think that yep. was the last game they played. And, and before the that, he had he had just taken down the Bucks. With and Giannis hurt, kind of. So yeah, but, yes. but you know but he yes. he was the best player on the floor in all those games. Now, in the first two games against the Clippers, Kawhi was the best player on the floor. But in that last game. LeBron outplayed Kawhi, in he, my opinion, and Anthony Davis he, had a lot to do with that too. But Anthony he was playing Davis. good basketball. Yes, hundred percent. But Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is the best Laker. Sorry, really, he's the best, he's the best Laker. Oh really? yeah, yes, hundred percent. Wow. You're you're gonna get guys like Kwanis Wilkins and uh, Brandon Johnson talking to you after that <laughs> after that declaration. They, right they there. know where to find me. They know where to find me. <laughs> um. You, you made mention of it, and, and before we go, I just want to take a moment. You talked about LeBron chasing Michael. Well, there's a certain documentary that's going to be released on Sunday, and I, for one, cannot wait to see yeah. It's the Last Dance. It's a 10-part documentary on the 98 Bulls, um, behind-the-scenes look at Jordan and that team and how they operated. I know that you're unbelievably excited, as am I. Um, just yep. wanted to get your, just wanted to get some quick thoughts about that documentary. What do you expect? What are you looking forward to? What do you want to find out? Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't. I don't know a ton about what it's on. That's kind of the first I've heard, like what specifically might be covered. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I have his. Uh, I forget what they're even called, but the, the silver ultimate Michael Jordan collection edition upstairs. Yeah, I have that too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, watched it before every high. One of mostly before every high school basketball game. So huge Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, but mostly just to see the kind of the chemistry the team had. I guess. I mean, yeah. you hear stories, but just to see the kind of behind the scenes stuff is gonna be really cool. And by the way, I got to rewatch the thirty for thirty with Boston and and Lake, the Lakers. I just All saw part series. one the other day. Part one was great. I can't wait to watch yep. two and three. Is it worth it? Oh, you haven't. You, oh, it's. That's, I, that's I've only 100%. seen part one. It's a hundred percent. It's so cool, and that's why I'm so ex getting so excited for the the Bulls one. Yeah. Is like you just see how good. I mean, you know they're great, great players, but Larry Bird, man, and Larry Bird um, is one of the Kevin more appreciated players of all time, and Kevin McHale still to this day might have the greatest post-move box game, game on yeah. the block, back to the basket. Yeah. That I, it's between him and Akeem Olajuwon, for me, that I've ever yeah. seen. Mikhail was terrific down there. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. What about you? What do you got? Yeah, I mean, uh, going back to the, to the last dance, I mean, I, I said this when it, when it first came out. Uh, 
all these guys saying that LeBron's the greatest, I think once this documentary comes out, it's going to open some of their eyes as to just how great and how larger than life Michael Jordan was. And it, yeah. and it's tough for guys like you and me, you know, we were 97 was when I was born. So I was one year old during 98, but there, there's this thing called YouTube um, <laughs> where you can, where you can look up, you know, all these different games. And like you said, the, the Michael Jordan collection, I've watched, I've watched this a ton of his games, but also just reading articles and researching because when I would see greatness like that, I, I'd want to find out more. Oh yeah. And just, and just reading about the sheer competitive drive and the will to win. I think this documentary is going to open a lot of people's eyes as to what it took to, I mean, two separate three-peats. You saw how hard it was for the Golden State Warriors just to do it once. Yeah. MJ did it twice. And I think this documentary is going to open up a lot of eyes as to just truly how great and larger than life Michael Jordan was. I mean, he was, I heard someone say, I think it was Wilbon. I saw a little snippet of the documentary. Outside of Ali and Babe Ruth, Michael Jordan was the, the most popular athlete of all time. Right. So I think it'll be really interesting to, to watch how it all unfolded and, and, and just appreciate and those, the greatness. If, if those LeBron lovers don't come around, nothing's going to help them. <laughs> Nothing's going to help, help them. They're, they're brainwashed. Brainwashed, I tell you. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, we traditions never um, break. So we've, you got we've so, had you got three, something you, for me? You, you've had 355 days. I'm asking you, is there anything that, that's grinding your oh. gears? And let, let's Man. stay away from the coronavirus because we know that no, that's been yeah, grinding yeah, our no, gears, no, no, but no, that's no. a little bit out of our control. Not that – most of what we ran about is in our control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I, I, I can't, I didn't really prepare anything. I'll be honest with you. And I don't, I'm just feeling, feeling grateful to be back with you. So what, I know you got something for Come on, well, lay it on me. Lay I, it on me. I had something, um, you know, the NBA with the horse competition and oh. And, and, and broadcasting them playing 2K, I know we, we were initially excited. We talked on the phone yeah. about watching the 2K. It yeah. was a dud. It was a yep. dud. The horse competition was a dud. You know, yeah. nobody, nobody cared. Um, but I'm not going to get mad because they were, try, they were trying to do something. They were trying to give us something. Yes. So yes. I was going to talk about that. But then you mentioned um, – we were talking about Michael Jordan. We were talking about the bad boy pit. I think you mentioned the bad boy Pistons. On first take today, Bill Lambeer was was a guest on first take. Okay. And what he said that he said that in his opinion, there has been no player to ever play the game of basketball better than LeBron James has. And I just want to take a minute to say that. We need to look at the source of this. <laughs> Michael Jordan single-handedly ended Bill Lambeer's career early. Bill Lambeer and the Bad Boy Pistons were so upset that Michael Jordan beat him like he did that they yeah. walked off the court and didn't even shake their hands after the series. When in the years prior, when they were beaten up on Michael, when he had no help, yeah. Michael shook their hand every single time. But Bill Lambeer has the audacity to go on first take 
and say that LeBron's the best player like there's no bias, like he, yeah. like he's just looking at it factually. <laughs> no, you've got an axe to grind, man. I, I, can't know take, I can't take your opinion seriously. I saw a highlight video of Michael Jordan dunking on this dude yeah. like uh, for a minute straight. He, you can't take his opinion serious. He hates MJ. All the bad boy Pistons hate MJ. I didn't know. He, I didn't know he said that. Number one. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's, he, you can't it's trust invalid. that source. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Bill Ambeer. Remember the one where Michael's in a fast break. He saves it out of bounds, throws it in yep. bounds, gets it yep. back, and then spins and puts yeah. it over his back. Yeah. He's, he's upset a, because Michael turned him into a yeah, into the exactly <laughs> his victim on his own highlight reel. I exactly. Mean, it's just, it's I'm I'm trying to think of what it's like. It's like if uh, I, I I can't even. It's like if Peyton Manning said that he thought that Aaron Rodgers was the oh, greatest yeah. quarterback ever, right? Because. Um, because of the eye talent, like like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady didn't have this just unbelievable. Patrick rivalry. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes yeah. is better than Tom. I mean, you said it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I curses. I thought it was that was gonna be a backfired as usual. Yeah. No, so, no, I, I'm with you on that though. That's crazy. I you mean, would say L- that. Lambeer, like just Lambeer, Isaiah Thomas. Just we don't we don't care because your opinion is biased. You've, yeah. You you don't like Michael Jordan. It's well documented. So don't go on these TV shows and act like you're some unbiased former player who yeah. doesn't have a, a stake in the party because you right. do. Right. It would be different if it was an NBA player from that time that didn't necessarily get beat by Jordan to yeah. end, like you said. Yeah. You know, it, it's totally – it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And and I'm disappointed in first take for, for bringing it because they had to have known he would have said that. I mean, yeah. why else would you have Bill Lambeer on first take? Yeah, they're trying to – I mean, they need views. Yeah, not, to it, mention all, not to mention all the cheap shots he took on Jordan throughout his entire career. Oh, yeah. That was the whole piston. Yeah. It, yeah. Not surprising. First take. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> well – my man, it was great to be back with you. Um, oh, this has been we, great. We've got to have a we've got to have a conversation whether this is a, a one time thing or if or if this thing is is back for for the time being. We're gonna have to have a talk, but we, this we'll, was we'll, a ton of fun. I loved it. I appreciate you. You know that, and uh, yep. I just can't get over how great my hair looks in this <laughs> camera. <I'm watching. laughs> hey. Have Marsh get a pair of scissors and a uh, comb and and, and snip snip. I'm, I'm sure. I think I'm gonna try and grow mine out a little bit. You know, I was thinking next year, I, I coach basketball. Now I'm thinking about doing the Pat Riley. What do you say? There you we'll go. Back there you go. Huh? Hey, huh? he's one of the greatest for a reason. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Must be the hair, right? <laughs> it's got to be so, the hair. Anyways, no, thank, uh, thanks, buddy. It's been it's been yep. fun. We'll. Uh, thanks for joining me. We'll we'll be in touch, obviously, and uh, we thank all you guys, obviously, for listening, and we hope that all of you. Stay safe out there and, and keep social distancing and uh, yes and we'll we'll catch you when we catch you we'll catch you on the flippity flip as Michael Scott likes to say. <laughs> <laughs>